Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. We are on episode number, let's see, 77, I believe. It's hard to believe that we have had that much fun talking to entrepreneurs, but we have. And if you are someone that enjoys the podcast, A, thank you. B, if you could rate it, that would really help. Uh, someone gave us a comment a while back about our microphones with our guests, and I've been so much better about making sure that everyone is speaking into the microphone clearly. So I do read your comments, and I really appreciate them. If you want to suggest any guests, too, we're always looking for new ideas and new guests, and you can find us at Makers of MN on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Kelly. Kelly is here. Um, she is from a business that is called Anywhere Apparel, and I've kind of been dying to talk to you, Kelly. Oh, I'm flattered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's your last name? Coster. Coster. Mm-hmm. I was afraid I was going to say it wrong. I have been dying to talk to you because you do something that I think a lot of people fantasize about, which is you have a a company that designs clothing for travelers. What on earth made you decide like, wow, this is my vision and this is my dream and this is what I'm going to do? Right. Well, I I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to run a travel clothing company. Right. I don't even have a background in fashion design, in fact. Sure. This really was born out of a passion between myself and my husband. Is your husband Nick? Yes. Okay. Nick is the other partner in the business. He is. Yep. He is the other co-founder. We would travel a ton. We met right after college. We both had just extreme wanderlust. We would ride in the most cheap cars (laughs) that were nearly breaking down, save all of our money, and go abroad. And we've been to probably around 50-plus countries, you know, collectively between the two of us. And the one thing that we always struggled with was what to pack. Yep. We would go to nice dinners out, but we'd always want to see more of the culture, and we'd want to go hiking. We'd want to do a lot with a little, and it was always so tough to figure out, well, what do I bring? Right. Because I you don't relate with that. Yeah. You don't want to overpack. Um, that really limits your ability to see things, right? Then you're lugging around this like huge roller bag. Um, you have to worry about your luggage constantly, and that's not very freeing. And yeah, and you also want to go out and and see things like you want to go out to a nice dinner and not feel like an American tourist in Paris. Right. You have your suitcase sticking out underneath the table. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or, you know, you don't want to look like you just climbed a mountain. Yeah. Uh, You want to get service places. Right. And you want to blend in a little bit with the culture in order to see more and to really get to know the local people. So you when you got out, of what did you go to college for? I was a communications major. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you did you grow up in the Twin Cities? I was born in Georgia, so I'm a Southern Belle. Um, we moved up to Wisconsin when I was about four or five years old. Okay. So um, really raised in La Crosse and then moved up to the Twin Cities to work. Um, I like La Crosse. I 
My daughter used to have a love-hate relationship with the lacrosse ski hill damnation every oh, year. damnation. <laughs> She's a downhill ski racer, and it's yeah. a really challenging That's a run. tough one. That yeah. was the black diamond that I failed on many times. So <laughs> I have fond memories of being like 13 years old and doing Girl Scout trips yep. to Mount Lacrosse, and damnation is named that for a reason. That's right. It's very <laughs> steep hill. So you get out of college, and you were, were you working at a marketing job while you were doing this traveling intermittently? Yeah. You know, the first, I would say, true marketing professional job I had was at the University of St. Thomas. And I got this awesome opportunity at a very young age to recruit international students for the business program. Cool. So they sent me to places like Peru, Brazil. I got to go to the Ukraine. I got to go to Prague, Russia, Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. When when you're, you know, 22, 23 years old and you're flying all over for, you know, some organization, you just think it's the most glamorous thing ever. Um, and then you kind of realize, oh, I'm stuck inside these conference rooms and gosh, I have to tote around all this luggage. And I have to work. And you have to work. And then you realize, wow, you know, there's a whole world out there that I just want to go see. Yep. Um, so that kind of sparked it, um, you know, going to all these places. And can you talk about, so you decide, like, do you remember the moment that you, and are you married to Nick when you decided that you're going to do this? Where are we married? We we were not married, actually. Uh, funny story, we were working with an intern at the time, and we went down to the courthouse to get our marriage license, and we brought her with because we had a meeting that day with her. And so she witnessed our marriage and she held my husband's cup of coffee while he signed the document. And we were laughing because it was like the most intern thing to ask her to do. Right. Hold my coffee while While I get get married. married. (laughs) (laughs) But we, we got married about a year after we had started the company. That is really funny. Yeah. Um, Okay. So a lot of people sit in this chair and they have created something or they're building something or they're making something and their partner is like the steady Eddie person that carries the medical benefits and like gets it all so that this person can be the creative type. In your case, you have two of you doing this same thing. Yeah, my husband still has his day job full he time. Okay. He does, which is wonderful and he loves it. Yep. Um so that's he's been lucky he's to have both. Yes, he really is. He really is. Uh, I am doing this full-time. I've done it full-time for the past four years. Um, so that was that was a big step, you know, to, yes. to leave a solid career and um, to leave a group of people I'd been working with for seven years and then go off on, on my own um, and really do this. And so you guys started a Kickstarter campaign. Is that how you had the money to launch? Because I'll be honest, you to... Um, have had a career outside of college and then decide like, oh, gee, I have no design. I've never done this before. I have no design skills. I'm going to go ahead and launch a travel company making apparel. Right. Is a ballsy as heck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's great. So how did you yeah. get all of that chutzpah and decide like, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is being super resourceful and just start talking to people. You know, you have to just start learning who knows what you don't. We know as husband and wife team that we've got the business acumen and we have the communication side. We have the marketing side. You know, we have that people side and the back end business backbone. 
But what we didn't have was that design uh, that we thought was critical, obviously, to what we were doing. So we ended up partnering with some local people um, who really taught us the ropes. And we brought on a designer um, to really help us take our ideas to the next level. And did you know what you wanted to make and kind of how you wanted it to function as a travel piece, but you just couldn't literally, like, put it together? Right. Right. Exactly. So based on all of our trips and all of our experiences, the one piece that was so difficult for us was outerwear. I was going to ask you because that seems like kind of the signature piece of your collection. Right. That is definitely the flagship product. And we started with it because... And it's a jacket. It's a jacket, yep. yep. And if you think about it, when you're traveling, it's the one thing that's always going to be with you, right? I mean, you always have to have it. You're taking it on and off. Yep. It has to carry a lot. It has to be comfortable. It has to feel secure. Um, you are constantly with it. Yep. So it can either weigh you down or it can be super useful. And it also makes a statement, right? Uh, your jacket that you wore in today is one of your pieces. Um it's kind of what I what I what struck me about it is it looks like it can be kind of dressier, mm-hmm. but yet it looks very casual too. Yeah. So I could see it being very versatile in a travel setting. Yeah, and I think the big differentiator for us in terms of design is that we try and do more with less. And there are always these little bells and whistles and tricks. Can you give me an example of some of those? Yeah, so our women's coat, for example, is completely reversible. So one side is this kind of military-inspired, very casual, kind of anorak sort of style. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of pockets. There are 12 pockets um, in this jacket, which is insane. And then you flip it inside out, and it's this beautiful, streamlined, chic, all-black, uh, trench-inspired style. So you really get the best of both worlds. You get to go hiking. You get to feel a little bit more you know, unpretentious yep. and casual. And then you turn it inside out, and you can go to a nice dinner out. And you don't have to worry about you know, how you're being perceived or yep. what you're wearing that night. I like it. You also have um, a woman's T-shirt that's reversible. Is Mm -hmm. like that reversibleness. Are you wearing one of your shirts? I am. Yep. I'm wearing one right now. Yep. Is the reversibleness something like when we travel, I'm a sailor. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've sailed a lot. And your conversation about like dry walking around with hauling all of your crap is very near and dear to my heart. But at the same time, you know, not wanting to carry like super bulky, like for a while I was carrying these giant backpacks and I just have gotten to the point where I'm just bringing so much less stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the natural trajectory that travelers go on. Like when you start out traveling, I think you overpack, you overplan. You're always thinking of like, what if this, what if that, you know, I, I want to bring these shoes to match this outfit or what if we decide to go do this? And I think once you start doing it enough, you look back and you think, well, I never used that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that you carry with you that you don't use. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And then you really learn what works for you. I think especially as we get older, as women, Uh you know, we really learn like what works for our bodies, what works for our style. And then you start to pare it back and you really go for pieces that are going to do more with less, that are more versatile. So when you decided like, okay, we're going to start this company did you know that a jacket would be like your first signature thing? You know, we we thought about it and I think any normal company probably would have just created like a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like let's just screen print a bunch of t-shirts and put our logo on them, mm-hmm. right? And then that can be our thing and it's super easy to sell, it's super easy to scale. 
Well, we don't really do things the easy way. Um, we're a little ballsy, as you said. So we decided to make these super tricked out travel jackets that are insane to produce. They have like 80 plus panels. Anyone who sews will hear that and be like, good Lord. Having heart palpitations. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And that's exactly what happened when we would go work with partners. You know, they were really saying like, you should pair this back. Do you really need X amount of pockets? Do you really need this functionality? And we believe so strongly in what we're doing because we are, you know, the test market. And we've heard so many stories from other travelers that we said, yeah, like this is it. Nothing else exists yep. like this. So we had to do it. So you did you kickstart? We did do a Kickstarter. And I feel like I want you to talk a little bit about that. Um, it seems like people do that less than they used to, that it's maybe a little less fashionable. But what I what dawned on me one day was like, wow, this is just not like asking people for money. This is a marketing campaign if you do it right. Exactly. And I think that's what Kickstarter has turned into. It's less of a pure way to generate funds, and it's more of a marketing platform. Yep. And I think that that started to change when we launched our Kickstarter. That was a couple of years ago um, because there were a lot of big companies that were starting to use it, you know, big companies who didn't necessarily need the money. They were just trying to get to a different audience right? or test a product, right? It's a way to... Put something out there that you don't have to commit to, mm -hmm. and then you generate some interest, and then you say, oh, okay, this is a viable market. Mm -hmm. For us, it was both. It was a way to generate funds, but it was also a way to put ourselves out there. And it was a way to challenge ourselves to see if we could actually make it work. Mm -hmm. Because when you put a number out there, you have to make that goal, Yep. right? Or you don't get the funds. How much did you raise? We put a goal out there for 15K, which is pretty modest. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we did that intentionally, and we beat it. We made over 17K. All right. Yeah. And then did you take that money and, like, right away start making your first coat? I mean, yes and no. Um, <laughs> these jackets took probably about two and a half years to actually produce. Wow. From concept to finished product in the market. The reason for that is they're super complex, They've never been done before, and we were sourcing materials from everywhere, Yep, which takes a lot of time and effort to get everything in one place. Um, the fabric on the women's side, you know, part of it's from Italy. Um, you know, part of it is coming from Japan. Part of it's coming from the U.S. Yep. And so just kind of coordinating everything and, and getting, getting everything organized you know, took a while. You have about how many pieces in your collection now? So we're pretty small. We have the outerwear, so men's jacket, women's jacket. We have the men's tees, the women's tees, um, two of each color. Mm -hmm. And then we also have these really cute little journals. Um, I saw those. Yeah, they're great. Those are made in Minneapolis by an antique bindery. And we also have a new travel pant, which I'm wearing today. It yeah, hasn't been I released just saw yet. that. And it's got snaps kind of along the yeah, um, bottom. On the bottom. So you can adjust the hem, which is great. So you can get two styles, a more kind of straight wide leg. Or when you do the taper, you can get that really cute kind of tailored look at the bottom. Okay. Which works with a lot of different shoes. You yep. can tuck it into boots. You can take it hiking. Um the taper is nice for when you're using a public restroom that's not so clean and you don't want the hem of your pants to hit the floor. That is a real traveler thought right there. Right. Because you've been in a few <laughs> unclean restrooms. 
Right. Yeah. So we try and think through the design process from a really purposeful perspective. Like, Who would you say your ideal customer is? Well, um, we, I would say we have, we have a couple of different types of customers. We have the diehards, right? I mean, people who are traveling a lot. Yeah. They are either vacationing a lot or they're traveling a lot for work. And they see what we do as, like, amazing. Like, they will wear our stuff, like, almost every week. Yep. And then we have people who are a little more casual. They're taking a few trips a year, and they see our stuff, and they're like, wow, this would be perfect for Mexico. This would be perfect for my trip to Asia, yep. you know, this fall. So it's really cool to see people get excited about your your product when you know that they're actually going to use it and go on this big adventure with it. Yeah. And do they then, like, I've interviewed other people that make things where people travel with it and then come back and like share their stories. Do they come back and tell you their travel stories in your garments? We had this one couple. It was so cool. They bought our teas and they were going to Mexico City for a wedding and then doing some hiking and exploring the city. They bought our teas and then like a month and a half later, they came to us at a different pop-up market. I had kind of forgot, Uh right, that they were doing this. And they came to us at this market, and they were like, hi. And they were wearing our tees, and they were like, we just got back from Mexico. It was amazing. And they told us all of these stories about the wedding they went to and the bride's dress and the beautiful vistas and the food they ate. And it was, like, magical because we got to, like, live their experience. That's neat. That's really neat. Do you primarily sell through pop-ups or primarily online? It's a mix. We've seen most of our sales through pop-ups, and that was intentional on our part because we really wanted to get to know who our customer was in person. And that's been really, really important because you think you know who you're selling to or you think you know who is going to be into your stuff. Right. And then you put it out there and then you learn. And that's exactly what we did this past season. And food people have, like, the luxury of farmer's markets, but, like, wardrobe people don't really have, or apparel people don't really have the luxury of that unless they do pop-ups. Yeah, and what's, actually, what's really interesting to hear you say farmer's market, um, we have had the best success at the Linden Hills Farmer's Market. Do you exhibit there? Yes. I did not know that. Yes. It it sounds wild. Like, who would buy a, you know, investment-worthy jacket at a farmer's market alongside their produce for the right. week? I can totally see that neighborhood as being unique, though, in that lending itself to it. Definitely. Definitely. And I think it's helped so much that the Minneapolis craft market has really picked up steam. Yep. You know, they are showing at all kinds of different breweries, all different neighborhoods, And that has been just a key, key partner for us. And that is like what you do is you become a part of their stable, I guess. And then they have markets that you are like already like a pre-approved vendor and you can participate in as many as you want. Right, right. Pretty much as long as there's space and you get in. Mm -hmm. Is it difficult to get in? Is she getting like, I know she's done a lot. She's done a ton. She's done a ton. It's definitely getting more competitive and... You have to sign up for her markets within 20 minutes of them being available now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's crazy, the whole pop-up scene. It's I'm waiting for it to become oversaturated <laughs> because there's so many. Yep. There's so many. But I just think it's a really unique and different way to shop. And people really like that. You know, they, they want to meet the people behind the business. Um, 
And it creates a little bit more urgency and excitement because if something is only out there for a weekend or it's one day, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it disappears for seven days, like that creates a little bit different shopping environment for people. When I looked at your Instagram, you have a lot of followers for being a relatively new company. I think you have like almost 5,000. Yeah. And do you do your own page? We do. Yes. Tell Um, me about that because it seems very curated from a lifestyle perspective. Yes. That was really important to us. We really believe strongly in the power of inspiring imagery. And being a travel brand, we wanted to bring amazing, true images to people and Pretty much 95% of all the images you see on our Instagram are photos that we took on our trips. Mm-hmm. So it is real. <laughs> you know, we're not just yeah. like taking from these glossy um, Pretty pages. Right. Yeah. Everything that we put out there is real. Or we're working with people who are going on trips mm-hmm. and we're, we're using their imagery and crediting them. And yeah, Instagram has become a process for us. We actually work with a super talented designer. She lives out in New York now. She was the same intern who held the coffee while we got married. Okay, that's handy. (laughs) And she helps us curate our Instagram. You know, we have this huge gallery of images, and then she'll put everything together, you know, so it just looks super cool and inspiring and, you know, really gives the vibe, right, and the feel of what we're trying to convey. It's kind of a funny thing, and I'm trying to work through how I feel about it. On the one hand, you know, you have to post from Instagram on your phone. Right. So you spend a lot of time on your phone looking at it as a singular image. On the other hand, some people, yourself included, have these very curated lifestyle pages that when you look at the nine squares all in one uniform story, it has a different feel. Right. I'm 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 meeting people like you that are in like in the design and the lifestyle piece of it that really holistically are looking at their pages like they're sitting on their computer and seeing this whole beautiful nine panel image. And yet in the day to day, and I'm more in the food world I'm seeing people like obsessing over the shot, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the one panel, it's that shot. And their Instagram maybe has a color or a theme, but you're not very often looking at it in a nine, I'm just using six, three, six, nine, however many panel window. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, I understand why you're doing it the way you're doing it. And I understand why a food person is doing it the way they're doing it. In terms of, like, the use of the consumer, how do you think, like, normal people look at this stuff? Well, we treat Instagram more as the new business card. So it is the new first impression. Got it. Right? Like, if people want to get a sense of who you are, oftentimes they'll go to your Instagram before they go to your website. Interesting. That is generationally contingent, right? Sure. like... That matters, but to a lot of people, especially younger folks who are using it, like that's the way that you understand, is this something I'm interested in? Uh huh. So we do place emphasis on the day-to-day, you know, the one image, but we also take into consideration everything, mm-hmm. you know, that we're bringing to the table. Does there Does Facebook come into play in your mind in terms of how this will all fit together? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, I think Facebook is really great for events. Mm -hmm. It's really great for more kind of real time, like here's what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. It's really great for giving people resources. Mm -hmm. You know, check out this cool list of places you've never heard of in Tokyo. Yeah. You know, and we can help bring that to you. So I think that each platform has its own purpose and each platform is different. And do you use Twitter? We do use Twitter. And do you use it as a repurposed tool of your other images from Instagram, which a lot of us do? Or do you, like, make it more um, in the moment? You know, we haven't spent as much time on Twitter, to be fair. It's kind of funny. And I liked your calling card analogy. Twitter, to me, appears to be more, like, newsy. Yes. Almost, like, political, newsy, maybe sarcastic and funny, but but not, I mean, obviously not imagery. Right, right. I agree. I think it's a little bit more focused on kind of what's happening and these little quips and quotes. And it moves so fast. It does. And then it's gone. Yeah. So right. it's not like you can curate to the same level a Twitter message because it just moves so fast. Right. And I think for people who are really interested in travel and getting inspired to see things and go to different places, the, the imagery is so yeah, powerful. Yeah, you just mentioned to see. Yes. I think, yeah. That's, it's an interesting thought. Um, how do you get inspiration? Like, do you read books? Do you listen to uh, podcasts? Do you get have Fast Company as your favorite magazine? What's your inspiration? I mean, gosh, like as as a mom of a two-year-old and a business <laughs> owner. <laughs> There's a lot of free time. Right. I'm basically just hanging out watching reruns of Sex and the City every day. No. Um, <laughs> my inspiration honestly comes from a lot of the conversations I have with people. That gets me excited about what we're doing. My inspiration comes from our customers. My inspiration comes from my own travels. My husband and I recently took our two-year-old daughter uh, to Japan. Fun. It was super amazing. Adventure travel to some people is hiking a mountain and winter camping. Take a toddler to a Tokyo train station, and that, I promise, is adventure travel, too. I bet. I bet. <laughs> What's funny is and um, our daughter's 19, and we've traveled with her a lot. Not, I mean, internationally, in, we sailed, so places where you can sail, usually. And I remember her being like 16 and just such a brat, like a sophomore in high school, maybe on spring break, and just looking at me and going, are we ever going to take like a trip where we just stay in a resort that has like a pool and maybe a few restaurants that we can go to? Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> and just looking at her and thinking, oh, you're so awful. Someday you will regret that statement. Right, right. She just wanted to go to an all-inclusive real bad. Yeah. And we were, like, taking these just amazing trips and going all over. It was just, it was crazy. Yeah. And my toddler was like, Mom, why can't we stay in this Tokyo arcade and keep playing this crane machine where I win 5,000 little trinkets all day? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and I, my daughter, like, she has a adventurous spirit and she's a canoer and she's an outdoors person, but I honestly don't know if she will be a big traveler necessarily. I think we kind of burned her out. <laughs> <laughs> 
She just is kind of, she likes home. She likes yeah. the North Woods and she likes Minnesota. There you go. Hey. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny too, because we run into people who love our stuff, who have no intention of taking it to the far flung places of Kathmandu. Yeah. You know, like they just love it for it's the style, the versatility. And you know what? It works really well in Minnesota too. So I think there's something to be said for traveling in your own backyard mm-hmm. and really enjoying the scenery here. Well, and maybe treating, like, we try to do this sometimes, like, being a tourist in your own city. Yeah. Just, you, like, have you ever been in the caves of uh, Wabasha Street Caves in St. Paul? You know, most people haven't. Right. There is a lot of really cool stuff here. Yeah, there is. If you can look for it and just experience it with uh, a new set of eyes, I guess. Yeah, and I think, you know, when it really comes down to it, like, that is what we're trying to do as a company. Like, we want to help Real people go out and see the real world. And that doesn't matter if you are just going up to the North Woods or if you're headed out to the Sahara Desert. Mm-hmm. What's new to you is new to you. And that is so important that it's new. Yep. That you're actually going out there and seeing it. And so much of travel today is pushed through these airbrushed, beautiful images that are completely unreal. Right. And not very indicative of what's actually happening around most cities or countrysides in the world today. Yeah, for sure. Um, When you are at a pop-up market, are there other people that you look around and think, wow, that's, they're really killing it? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much happening here. There's so much. I love Urban Undercover. Uh, She's been on the show. Yeah, she's amazing. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. She is everywhere. Her stuff is so practical. I think I like it because obviously she's travel inspired too. Yep. And she has such a great aesthetic and a great Mm -hmm. vibe. And she's just an awesome person. Yep. You know, you can feel her brand through her personality. Yes, I would agree with that. I just love it. I love it. Um, Other people I really love. um, It's in the food world. I love the Gohan sushi people. Okay. They are a husband and wife couple and they do catering and events and pop-ups and they make the best sushi. Never even heard of them. Oh, my gosh. You have to check them out. They're just okay. amazing. Gohan. Gohan meaning honorable rice in okay. Japanese. A rice for the people, I should say. And they are just the sweetest couple. They just had a new baby. They have a toddler. And so they're kind of doing what you yeah. know, Nick and I are doing, which, you know, we we created this little bond, you know, because they were at the Linden Hills Market as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other cool thing about doing this is you meet so many other entrepreneurs. Right. And you you feel like you get lifted up, mm-hmm. you know, when you meet other people who are doing what you're doing. You reminisce, you, you, you know, talk about the hard times and, you know, people just, they get you through, right? Yeah, for sure. We're talking um, with uh, Kelly and her husband, Nick, is not here, but he's also a founder of Anywhere Apparel. And um, how do you want people to find you? Like, if you could say to someone... Find me here. Like, what's the first impression? Is it Instagram that you want them to go to first? Well, I mean, if I'm talking like, hey, go go check out our stuff, I would definitely say Instagram. Okay. I think that is the best vibe to get from us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want in-depth looks at, like, the product and what we're trying to do, go to our website, of course. Yep. I think those are really the two places where I'd send people. Where do you like to shop in town? Oh, gosh. Shopping in town. Honestly, I am a huge fan of 
online shopping. Um, Where do you go? From different places. Yeah. I, you know, when we were in Japan, we found this wonderful place called Muji, which is a Japanese, it's sort of like Japanese, the Japanese version of Ikea. Sure. Mixed with the Gap. Okay. That's kind of the best way I can describe it. Kind of sounds like Uniqlo. Kind of, kind of. (laughs) But I would say a little less sporty. Okay. And a little more basic. All right. And a little bit higher quality. And yeah, and I know it's such a funny question to respond to like this because I think just being a mom and not having enough time, um, shopping is like a complete afterthought for me. Yeah. I'm not a big shopper either. Yeah. But I think that's why pop-ups appeal to me Mm -hmm. because I don't like to shop. I don't like to go to the mall. If I'm going to go to the mall, I'll go to the Mall of America and just do it. Right. Um, But if I know that like a tap room is having a pop-up. And it's, you know, Valentine's Day or Christmas time or I need to buy gifts. I will totally do that. Yeah, totally. And I'll just wander around and have a beer and meet some local people. And it'll be a fun day and it won't feel like I'm just like slave shopping. Slave shopping. It's like, oh, I got to go shopping. (laughs) Right. You know, one person that I I do want to mention that I have absolutely adored is Winsome. Um, her Catherine is her name. She's okay. the designer and founder, and she makes super beautiful, very tailored, uh, wonderful woven clothing. Okay. And um, we've actually worked with her. Um, she helped us with our pant, uh-huh. and she is incredible. And I have purchased many pieces from her. Um, so she's kind of a go-to for me now. Do you have locally. a lot of clothes, or are you one of those people that has a few nice clothes? I wear a uniform. <laughs> I want to wear a uniform. Like literally, I put on a very basic top and a pair of jeans, and I might throw on a blazer, yep. you know, if I have a meeting. Otherwise, that's what I wear. I want a uniform. Yeah, and I, I you don't have to think. And that's also what informed a lot of our design. Mm-hmm. You know, we want people to just throw on their clothes and go out there and explore. Yep. You don't fuss around with it. Like, don't worry about it. Just know that you're going to look good. And then you can worry about, like, seeing the world. I've been thinking about just ditching all of my pressed shirts. Because mm. I don't wear them very often. But they do look nice sometimes to have a nice crisp shirt. Oh, of course. But yeah. I don't want to be ironing. And I don't want to deal with all that anymore. No. <laughs> I, and any, like, super, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? high patterned clothing mm-hmm. i'm like getting ready to get rid of that too mm-hmm. just gonna I, go with like basic yeah and i think we are we're in a movement right now where people want that it's it's liberating to have less yeah i think so i mean i will be honest it's a very first world problem yes for <laughs> right? sure to have all this stuff and to want to have less stuff i know right it is right but at the same time when you have fewer things to worry about. You don't worry as much. Yeah. And, and it, it doesn't feel like you're as cluttered. Your brain has more space. Exactly. Well, I've enjoyed talking with you. I am really a fan of your jackets. I don't have one yet, but I am inspired by your pants as well. Um, and I look forward to running into you uh, at the next pop-up. Yeah. Thank you so Thanks much for, for having on. me. Thank you.